Uh, that, that's you and I. All right, well, tonight we're going to be in Ephesians chapter number one. So if you would uh, turn over there, Ephesians chapter number one, we're in our series called The Blueprint of Prayer. Uh, we're looking at different prayers in the Bible, learning lessons, and uh, hopefully implementing those lessons into our own prayer life. We first started with the model prayer by none other than the Lord Jesus himself, a very good place to start. Um, and uh, then we uh, moved on to Nehemiah's prayer, uh, that prayer that sparked a national revival, and uh, certainly it's a timely thing for us. Tonight we're going to look at Paul's prayer prayer requests or prayer for the Ephesians. And uh, the reason that I'm covering this is because oftentimes we're, we want to, and uh, we do pray for one another, what are some things that, biblically speaking, we should be including in those in that prayer time for one another. And uh, so that's, this is why we're looking at this particular passage tonight. Ephesians 1 and verse uh, number 15, and we'll read down through verse number 23. Ephesians 1 verse 15 says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Okay, and now he's going to explain some of the things that were in his prayer request list for this church family. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And uh, let's pray, and uh, we'll get into uh, the meat of this passage uh, tonight. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be in church tonight, uh, right in the middle of the week. Lord, I know that uh, perhaps there were some here tonight who uh, maybe didn't feel like coming to church, and I understand that. Lord, we're tired uh, but Lord, I pray that you'd use this time to encourage us, to give us what we need for the week, uh, for the rest of the week, and uh, Lord, to help uh, bolster our prayer life for one another. And uh, I do pray that you would encourage us uh, along these lines tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. So we know as believers um, that we are to pray for one another. Uh, that's kind of basic. If I were to go around and give you guys a piece of paper and say, true or false, we are to pray for one another. And it was a one-question quiz. I would guess everybody in the room would ace that, that test. At least I would hope that you would say, true, we are to pray for one another. Okay, uh, we, we know that. Uh, the Bible tells us in James 5.16, he says, confess your faults one to another. And here it is. Here's the command. And pray one for another. So we know we are to pray for one another. But the question is, what exactly should we be asking for when 
praying for our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Okay? Uh, most of us know that we should, but okay. So let's take Clint for an, for an example. The Lord brings Clint's mind uh, name to my mind, and I'm like, all right, I need to pray for Clint. Well, what should I pray for Clint for? Okay, now, uh, James 5.16 gives us one thing to be praying for. Um, he says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. And here's the next phrase, that ye may be healed. Okay, the context there is when someone's physically ill. Um, this is one of the things that we should do when someone is physically ill is to pray for one another that they would be healed. So pray for physical healing is certainly a good thing we can and should be praying for one another. But in my personal experience, this is most of the prayer requests that I have heard during prayer request time. If you look at our prayer sheet tonight, the, uh, the longest list there is the health needs. And uh, there's nothing wrong with pray praying for health needs and for physical healing. In fact, we're instructed to in, five, in James 5.16. It's, uh, it's a good thing. It's necessary. It's um, what we're instructed to do. But it's not all we should be praying for, okay? There's other prayer requests that uh, you may have to dig a little bit deeper like we're going to do tonight into this uh, passage to learn some other things that we should include in our prayer list for others. And so here in this passage that we just read, verses 15 down through verse 23, we actually get to look at Paul's personal prayer list for, the, for his brothers and sisters there uh, at Ephesus. And uh, we would be extremely wise tonight to include these same five prayer requests in our prayer list for one another here at Cornerstone Baptist Church as well. Okay, What were these prayer requests on uh, Paul's list, uh, prayer list for the Ephesians? Well, we see that he prayed that the Ephesians would understand and know some things. Let's look in verse number... Uh, 15, verse 15, he says, let me just give a little context, then we'll kind of dump it, jump into these uh, five prayer requests. Verse 15, he said, I heard of your faith, and I heard of your love unto all saints. And as a result of your faith, as a result of your love, uh, verse 16, I just can't stop giving thanks for you. I'm just so thankful for you as a church family. And then he says, I am also making mention of you in my prayers. This was, in many ways, kind of a flagship church. A lot of churches would look to the church at Ephesus uh, as kind of like the model church, and uh, it was an example uh, to a lot of churches. And so, uh, but Paul still has some prayer requests for this church family. Okay, verse number 17. Here's what he said, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So there's some things that Paul is praying that the Ephesians would understand, that they would know, that they would have in their brain and in their heart, that they would dwell upon. What were those things? Okay, here we go. Let's jump into it. First of all, we see that he prayed that the Ephesians would understand and know the person of Christ. In verse 17, it says... I'm praying that uh, the Lord would give, you, give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who? Him. 
of, of the Lord Jesus. I want you to understand who he is. And I want you to really have that mental focus where you're thinking about and understanding who the person of Christ is. Paul himself understood how important it was to know the person of Christ. In Philippians 3 and verse number 10, he mentioned that it was his life's goal to not just make him known. That's important. But before that, he wanted to know... He wanted to know the Lord himself intimately. Here's what he said in Philippians 3.10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Now you read through the, uh, the epistles and Paul and his, his prayer life for others. Paul rarely prayed for the things that occupy most of our prayers. He rarely prayed for better health uh, for himself or for others. Um, he rarely prayed for provision of a job or some the Lord to fix family issues, world crises. Uh, those aren't bad prayer requests. I'm not trying to say that at all. But if you look at the emphasis of Paul's epistles, that's not what he spent much of his prayer time mentioning and asking for. Instead, he prayed that people would better know Christ. Interesting. Now, friend, it's important to know facts about Jesus Christ, obviously. And we're trying to do that on Sunday mornings as we're going through this year where we're looking unto Jesus, learning about who, who Jesus is, what he, why he came to this earth. And we're going now through the Gospel of Mark and walking through the life of Christ and learning things about him. And that's very important. But it's far more important to not just know about Christ. It's far more important to know Christ. There is a big difference. Um, you know, you might know something about a certain celebrity, but have you ever met them? There's a big difference about knowing about someone versus knowing that person. Uh, I've mentioned that, uh, you know, some of you may or may not know. Okay, all of you probably know that I'm a big hockey fan. And uh, I'm the only hockey fan in Oklahoma. I realize that, me and my boys. Um, but you know, I, I knew I knew a lot of things about Wayne Gretzky, the uh, in my not so very humble opinion, the greatest hockey player to ever play the game, uh, much greater than Mario Lemieux or any any other name. You name him, Wayne Gretzky was better in my not so humble opinion. Okay. Uh, and I knew things about him and, and what, how old he was when he became in the NHL, what teams he played for. And, uh, you know, I knew some facts about him, but honestly, the truth is I've never met Wayne Gretzky. And uh, a lot of Christians could know a lot of things about Christ. They could know, okay, how old was he uh, when, uh, when he started his public ministry and how many disciples he had and what, what's, what town he was born in and, and uh, wh where and how he died, uh, wh where how he died and what day he, um, how many days he was in the grave. And they, they know facts about Jesus. That's wonderful, but, but far more important to have a personal relationship with the Lord. And Paul's uh, prayer for the Ephesians is that they would have tremendous wisdom and knowledge of him. Verse number 17, uh, that the Lord would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. He said, 
brothers and sisters there in Ephesus, I want you to increase in your knowledge of him and uh, not just facts about him, but to really know that relationship with him. Uh, the best way to know the Lord is to study uh, where he has revealed, revealed himself and where did the Lord Jesus reveal himself? He revealed himself in the scriptures in this book here. On Sunday when I did that, I had to like, I kind of launched it. <laughs> I had to catch it. <laughs> Good thing I got a, I'm, I, I used to be a wide receiver in high school. Well, I played a half a game and then I got injured. And uh, that, <laughs> I got injured on a kickoff of all plays. <laughs> like that's embarrassing, okay? And uh, I was on special teams. And yes, I was very special to be on special teams. And that ended my dreams of being in the NFL and, and making all kinds of money. But obviously the Lord had other plans. The scriptures, I say all that to say, the scriptures are where Jesus is revealed to us. Uh, we don't have him physically walking around right now like the disciples had. Uh, but we have the record of uh, what the disciples saw and that the Holy Spirit wanted us to know about. And so the word of God declares who Jesus is, who the Lord is. John 5 and verse 39, Jesus said, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So Jesus is revealed in his word. Well, let's get into his word. And so the prayer request that we should be praying uh, for ourselves and for others is that we would increase in our knowledge and that we would understand and know the person of Christ more and more as time goes on. So as you pray for one another, pray that you pray that one another, we, we, we all grow in our knowledge of the Lord and, and uh, not just up here, but, but in here. Okay, so the first prayer request here is, uh, and by the way, really knowing God personally would actually solve a lot of the other prayer requests that we have in our lives as well. Um, it, it'll help them cope with all the areas of life. If they really have a knowledge of Christ and uh, who he is and, and uh, have that relationship, a real strong personal relationship with him, that'll solve a lot of the other family issues, some of the world crises, some of all these things would be solved if uh, people had a strong knowledge of the Lord. So that's why it was listed first on his, uh, on his prayer request list. Okay, so number two, the second prayer request on uh, Paul's prayer list for the Ephesians was uh, that they would understand and know the promises of Christ. And we see this in verse number 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, and here it is, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the hope of his calling? Now, what do you mean calling here? Well, it includes the calling of God in eternity past for you and I to be saved. If you go all the way back, we're in Ephesians 1, 18. If you go back to verse 4 of that same chapter, it says, According as he hath chosen us, in him before the foundation of the world. Before God said, let there be light, and there was light, guess who he had on his mind? You and me. It's kind of a mind-blowing thought, but it's what the Bible says. 
He hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And uh, I know that this opens up the whole uh, Calvinistic uh, sovereign election versus the, uh, the Armenian, you know, uh, free will of man. Uh, actually, uh, really, it's not either or, it's yes. Um, yes, God is sovereign. Yes, God chose. Yes, God elected. But yes, he gives us a choice. And uh, it is the free will of man as well for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Uh, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, and uh, so just to kind of, um, as, as that may come up in your mind right now, as we look at this verse that, that, that seems very Calvinistic, uh, no, it's biblical, it's Bible, it's scripture. Um, and so it's, it's not one or the other, it's, it's both. Um, but the calling of God in our life began... In eternity past, when he had all of us on his mind before he created this world. And then it continued when we came to Christ in salvation. Verse number 13, if you look at this verse. It says, in whom, talking about Christ, in whom ye trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom ye also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So the calling of God happened way back in eternity past. And then it, it continued until you uh, came to Christ and God orchestrated the different events that led you to a point where you placed your faith in Christ. I mean, for me, uh, as I just stop and think of it, it's pretty amazing how the Lord caused me to hear the gospel. My dad, prior, prior to me being born and not that much, not, not, not too far before I was born, he was raised in a very staunch Catholic home, um, didn't understand the gospel, and uh, as a college student began to kind of think, I wonder, I wonder if there's more to this whole religion thing or if this is really the truth. Or He began seeking and he uh, became a Christian, met my mom who then became a Christian herself. Then as a result of that, they and their brand new Christians uh, decided that they were going to go to church and bring their little ones to church. And eventually I got to hear the gospel. And I mean, just how the Lord worked all that out. Every, and, and if you think about it in your own life, how God orchestrated the events to lead you to the Lord. Um, this is the hope of his calling, but it doesn't end with there. Uh, if you go to verse number 14, it says, talking about the Holy Spirit, which is the earnest of our, what's the next word there? Inheritance. That has to do with what's coming up for us as believers. Uh, after this life is over, uh, what our inheritance is in glory. And I'm very much looking forward to that day. Again, as Brother Gary said, uh, I'm, I'm ready, but I don't want it to be this week, you know. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it someday, but in the meantime, I'm, I'm grateful to be here and uh, continue serving the Lord here. Now, the word hope here in verse number 18, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. It's not like uh, it's not in the sense that there is any doubt, like, you know, like tomorrow night, the stars are playing the um, the Detroit Red Wings. Well, I hope that the stars win. Uh, but there's no guarantee. There's a little bit of doubt there, to be honest. Um, they've been playing well recently, by the way, in case you're wondering. 
and you probably aren't. Um, I'm the only one that does. Uh, but see, it's not like, oh, I hope that I'm going to go to heaven. In that, I hope it's going to work out that everything is going to jive and God's going to keep us. No, no. Uh, God keeps his promises. And uh, that's what it is. It's, it's that we are eagerly looking forward to it. It's, it's a sense of like when, when you're young looking forward to Christmas. And you know it's coming. You just are just like, man, I, I hope it gets here soon. And it does get here eventually. And uh, that's the case when it comes to the promises of God as well. Paul prayed that these believers would be so occupied with the promises of God for the here and now. There are some promises of God for us as believers right here, right now. Um, and then there's also promises which are yet to come for us. And uh, Paul prayed that these believers would be so occupied with these promises, so much so that the mundane things of life are put into their perspective. Sometimes these mundane things of life get these get huge in our, in our minds and in our hearts, right? A health issue, a financial issue, something on the news. Uh, and it becomes this huge mountain. God, Paul was like, Lord, please help the Ephesians to focus on your promises so that they're not overcome by the things of this life, that they're more focused on what lies beyond this life. Okay, Ephesians chapter 1, if you'd turn over to two books later. So we have Philippians is after Ephesians, and then we have Colossians in verse number in chapter number 3, Colossians 3. Colossians 3 and verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, which as believers we are, then we're to seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And then verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Your affection, your heart, your love, your adoration. Uh, where are you setting that? Um, Paul's prayer for the Ephesians is they would, they would ultimately set their affection on things above. Verse 3, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, there's, a, there's one of the promises of God. Then shall you also appear with him in glory, another promise of God. And when we're focused on that, look in verse number five. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. He said, if you're so focused on the things to come that God has promised, you're going to have no problem, therefore, Mortifying or killing your, you know, uh, and, and, and not being involved in the things of this world and the sins of this life. Um, because we're so focused on the promises of God. Those things have little uh, strength in our life anymore. Because, hey, this world's not my home. And that's what uh, Paul's prayer for the Ephesians was, is that they would be focused on uh, the person of Christ and that they would grow in the knowledge of him. But then they would also... Uh, focus on the promises of Christ, that this world is not all there is, and, uh, and to focus on those promises so that we can handle whatever comes into our life. Okay, number three. This one is a mind-blowing 
Okay, you ready to have your mind blown? Here we go, number three. That they would understand and really know, number three, that we are precious to Christ. You say, well, I already kind of know that. I know Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Yes, Jesus, I, I know that. Okay, but look at the wording here of verse number 18. This is, this is pretty incredible. As I was studying this today, I was, wow. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that ye may know. Here's some things that Paul was praying that they would know. What is the hope of his calling? We've covered that. And that you would know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So basically what this is saying is that when God looks at you and I as believers, he looks at us as his inheritance. Uh, it already talks about our inheritance in verse number uh, 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance. But now he's talking about his inheritance, which is you and me. Our inheritance as believers is him. His is us. Now, I think we got the better end of the deal, don't you think? Uh, because I know me, and uh, I wouldn't want me as an inheritance. <laughs> I mean, you know, I am good looking and all, but okay. No, I, I know me. I wouldn't want me as an inheritance, but he does. This is a tremendous tribute to his amazing divine love, his unspeakable grace, that he would look at me and say, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Titus 2, 14 says this, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. Zealous of good works. Now, peculiar doesn't just mean you're a bunch of weirdies. Okay? Now, I might be, but uh, here's what peculiar means. Peculiar means being beyond usual, that is special. So it says here, he purifies unto himself a peculiar or a very special group of people. So he looks at us and says, these are my children. I love them. They are my inheritance. By the way, this is only for those who are redeemed, those of us who are his saints. Notice in verse 18, he doesn't say the riches of the glory of his inheritance in everybody. No, it's the saints. It's not sinners. It only applies to those of us who are redeemed by Christ. So really, it's not me that's valuable because I'm so wonderful. Guess who made me wonderful? Christ did when he saved my soul. I was worthless before I came to Christ. Now, he loved me and wanted to save me, but as far as my intrinsic goodness and worth, I, I wasn't worth much until I came to Christ. And then now I become his, the Bible says, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So, according to this verse, we are assets of incredible worth to our Lord. Wow. So, my friend, if you're a believer, God highly values you. 
And so if you think, oh, I'm worthless, no, you're not. You're extremely valuable. You're part of his, uh, the riches of, of, his, uh, of the glory of his inheritance. You're part of that. And uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, Paul's prayer is that believers would understand this, that you are valuable to God, that you are his inheritance. I know that many times we sit there and think, oh, I'm just kind of worthless, nobody likes me, and we get the Eeyore syndrome. Woe is me, everything's horrible. Uh, actually, you're part of God's inheritance. That's not horrible. That's wonderful. And that God would look at me that way, Man, that should uh, help us to be able to handle what's going through this life. So the fourth, that's the third uh, prayer request. The fourth one on the list, I really want to try to finish this lesson because there's two prayers that Paul has for the Ephesians. I'm covering one of them here in Ephesians 1. There's another one in chapter 3, and uh, I want to hit that next week. And uh, you, can have, you can do a little spoiler alert and, and read it. Um, Ephesians chapter 3. But the fourth prayer request that Paul prays for these Ephesians to know and understand is number four, the power of Christ. He wanted them to really understand the power of Christ in verse number 19. He said, I want you to know your understanding to be enlightened that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power. Not just his power, period, but here it is, to usward. That's, pretty, that's a pretty significant little phrase there, to us word. Who believe, that's you and me, by the way, according to the power of his, or the working of his mighty power. Well, what kind of power are we talking about, Lord? Well, verse, verse number 20, he qualifies it and said, this, this, this is the power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. That same power that caused Jesus to go from death to life is the same power that he wants to use to work in my life and in yours as well. Yes, to bring me to salvation. Yes, to sanctify me daily. And then one day to take me to heaven and glorify and, and my body to be glorified. That same power he wants to use usward. It's pretty amazing. And uh, as a result of that, when, when we're really thinking about that and knowing it and really understanding it, we're not going to live in fear. We're not going to be all worried about what's going to happen. Hey, because God's power is working to usward. And uh, I don't have anything to fear. That resurrection power is right now working in my life. So I really have nothing to fear. It doesn't matter what news comes my way. I shouldn't worry, fret, be discouraged. Because God's power is true. And uh, that's what he was praying for the Ephesians, is that they would understand his power and, and know it and believe it and live accordingly. Okay? A fifth prayer request that he had for the, uh, the Ephesian Christians there is that they would know, understand the position of Christ. Verse number 20 um, 
at the end of, well, it says here, which he wrought in Christ, talking about the power here again, when he raised him from the dead, and here's the position, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, and verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, has put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head of over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. He is, his position is above all. That's very simple. He's, he's above all, and he wanted the Ephesian Christians to remember that that is his position. He is above all. Sometimes in our Christian life, we think we get to have that position. And we get to tell God what to do. And uh, Lord, you're my errand boy. No, no, no. He is above all. And we need to be in submission to him. The position of Christ is also found in chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 6. If you want to flip over one or, one or two pages. I'd just like you to see that this concept is not just a one and done situation. It's repeated over and over in the Bible. Ephesians 4 and verse 6, one God and Father of all who is, there's that phrase, above all and through all. And in you all. He is above all. Psalm 97 and verse number 9. For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. So because, he, because of his position is above all, we then need to submit to his authority. And say, yes, Lord, yes. And when we have that understanding of his position, we'll be willing to do that. And so that's why Paul said, I'm including that in my prayer list for these believers. Yeah, I mean, I could, again, not wrong to pray for health, not wrong to pray, pray for, you know, a promotion at work or to, to pray for a family situation or uh, to pray for revival in our country. Of course, that's an important prayer request. And to pray for our authorities, uh, Paul did mention that in, uh, to Timothy. But... Let's not neglect some of these spiritual prayer requests, which actually, if answered, uh, do resolve a lot of the other issues many times. You say, well, they don't, they don't, they don't impact health. Uh, sometimes they would. You'd be surprised at how many times, because we're connected, aren't we? We're triune beings, aren't we? We're body, soul, and spirit. And uh, sometimes when we're not right spiritually, it's going to affect us emotionally. It's going to affect us even physically. Remember the church at Corinth that misused and uh, were flipping about the Lord's Supper? Uh, the Bible says they were, uh, they were sickly and some slept because of, and it wasn't like they were taking a nap. They had, they had died. Because spiritually they weren't right, and as a result, it affected them physically. And so when we're not physically, when we're not spiritually right, it'll potentially uh, affect us negatively uh, physically. Conversely, if we're right with the Lord spiritually, then it relieves some of the anxiety that perhaps we have. And that helps some of the ulcers that some people develop because they worry and they fret and they bite their fingernails over every little thing. And their health is... Uh, 
horrible because they're not right with the Lord. So if you get right with the Lord and you have a good relationship with him and you remember some of these things and you dwell on them and you that's uh, going to affect you positively in the other areas as well. So quite a prayer list for one another. Again, not that we should stop praying for physical healing, comfort for those who are going through loss of a loved one. Not, not saying we shouldn't pray for a better job and things like that, but, but I'm just asking you tonight to add these to your prayer, prayer list when you pray for one another. So uh, that our brothers and sisters would know and understand the person of Christ and develop that relationship with God that's close and real and genuine. I pray that uh, they would understand the promises of Christ and that they would, they would know that, hey, all is going to work out. I'm on the winning side. Like, I know that things may look pretty bad right now, but I know I've, I, I've read the back of the book and I know what happens. Uh, pray that uh, we would uh, understand that we are precious to the Lord. So much so that we, he calls us his inheritance. Why would he want me to be his? He just does. Because uh, of his love. That's his nature. That's just who he is. That uh, we would understand the power of Christ. That it, 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 yes, it was powerful enough to raise him from the dead. But now it's to us word. And then to remember the position of Christ, that he is above all, and that we need to submit to him. And boy, if we, if we all kind of were the answer to those prayer requests, um, I think our, our own Christian lives would be a lot better off. And then the other areas of our life would be much better off as well. Um, so these are some things to definitely add to your prayer list when praying for one another. And I hope you, you will do that. I hope that you'll take these and, and to use these. Uh, you don't have to use the same outline that I used, but, but pray to this end. Um, although they all do start with P, and that's alliterated. So uh, you're welcome. All right, let's have a word of prayer, and uh, we'll, we'll look at some other prayer requests tonight. And I don't want to minimize what we're doing with the prayer requests here, but uh, I do want to just maybe add these in. Uh, as far as uh, what we should be praying for one another uh, about. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to gather together tonight to look at this passage. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help me uh, to also uh, better know and understand the person of Christ, to better know and understand the promises of Christ and dwell upon them. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help me to know and understand that I am precious to you. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help me to to, to know and understand, Lord, the power of Christ, that, that same power that uh, you use to raise him from the dead is the same power that you have to us, Lord. Lord, help me to remember that and to know that. And then help me to remember and know and understand your position and to remember that you are above all. And uh, as a result of that, Lord, help me to fall into, fall into submission to your position. And uh, Lord, I do pray that you would uh, enhance our prayer life for one another here at our church. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help these prayer requests to be true in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.